Well, hey, good morning. How are we all doing today? Turn to someone around you. We're going to be doing this some today just to warn you. Turn to someone around you and tell them you're good. If you're good, tell them you're good. If you're not so good, say, eh, I'm working on it. If you're doing terrible, say, help, please. <laughs> hey, I want to welcome anyone that's joining us online. And, um, and listen, it's just always great to be together and to worship together. This is a great privilege. I know I say this a lot, um, but we get to gather together not just with these wonderful people around you, but with people around the world worshiping the Almighty God this morning. And so I'm so grateful for that. And we're, we're moving into Easter. We're in Easter season. We're in the season of Lent. And, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about Holy Week and just give you the plan we, we talked a little bit at the end of last service about um, some of the things happening in Holy Week, but I just want to keep this on your radar. And so Holy Week, uh, the week before Easter, starting with Palm Sunday, obviously Palm Sunday we'll be worshiping here, the first Sunday in April. And then we've got some events through the week. We Here at the church, we love to walk through Holy Week together and, and not just kind of come back from Sunday to Sunday, but to walk through each night of Holy Week and kind of experience what what Jesus went through and kind of track with him. And so, so what we're going to do through Holy Week, there on Monday, Thursday, there is a gathering, not here. Um, we're not having a service here. In the past, we've done some prayer stations, things like that. But, but last year, we tried something, and we really liked it, and that's to have you have your own gatherings at, at your houses. And so last week, you may remember we had a card. If you will look in the seats in front of you, there should be a white card. And if you uh, want to take that out and look at it, and so on Monday, Thursday, what we're going to do is we're going to have you invite each other over to your houses and, and to experience Monday, Thursday together. And so what we'll do is if you want to host a gathering on that card, there's a place that you can say, hey, I want to host and I'm going to invite some people. And then we will get you materials. We will get you the things that you need. We'll give you a packet that will give you some, just some things to talk about and work through uh, to, to walk through those events um, of that night. And so if you want to invite people over, we would love that. Just You don't have to tell us exactly who you're going to invite, but just check that box and start inviting people. Maybe you're not in a place where you want to invite people over. Maybe your house is messy and you don't, you don't want to invite people into your messiness. That's okay. We, I get it. But, but listen, if you are going to go to someone else's house, if you've been invited, I want you to just check that box. Or if you would like to be invited, there's a box there. And then there's also, there is a group gathering here in Hawks Hall on that night that you can join if you just want to come here. If, if you don't really know people or haven't been invited and you really want to be a part of that, you can check that box so that we know you're coming and can plan for you. And, and what I want you to do is with those cards, fill it out, and then at the end of service when you're leaving, you can put them in the black boxes in the back um, by the back doors, or there's a box in the middle in the back, or simply you can just come put them on the altar and we'll get them. And, but we just kind of want to know what's going on and help you know, connect people so that you guys can walk through that journey together. And then, then on Good Friday, we'll have a service here. And, and so that service will, will be right here in the sanctuary and we'll worship together on Good Friday. Saturday morning, we have extravaganza. We do this every year. The community comes in. We have Easter egg hunts. It's a lot of fun. They talk about that in the pre-service. I want to encourage you to be here, to meet people, uh, to serve. If, if you want to serve, there's plenty of things to do. And, and then Easter Sunday, we'll have sunrise service first thing. And then we'll have 9, 30, and 11 services as always. Anyone a morning person in here? Okay, a few of you. Anyone, uh, anyone really not a morning person? 
Thank you, Ben. I was going to do the same thing. Yeah, two hands. I, listen, I love the sunrise service because it's a great way to start your Easter, to be focused on the resurrection, and what a, what a wonderful gift that service is. So I just want to invite you to track with us through Holy Week, and, and we will really worship and experience that together. Uh, today we're continuing our I Am series, and this series is focused on the seven I Am statements that Jesus makes through John's gospel. Um, John's recordings of all the events, Jesus seven different times says, I am, and he's telling us who he is. We need to know who he is so we can follow him, and and it will help you. Today's message, I really believe, uh, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and I believe that, that if we will hear this, this will help you this week. I really believe that. And so the I am statements, uh, the first week we talked about Jesus being the bread of life, that, that it's not just about, you know, the food and the miracles and stuff like that, but Jesus is what we need. He is the bread of life. He is everything we need to live life the way we're meant to live it. The, the second week, we talked about Jesus being the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And, and in darkness, you really don't know what's what. And, and in our world, there's a lot of different uh, beliefs. It's hard to know what's true and what's not true. And Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I shine truth and I will light your path. Jesus is the light of the world. Last week, we were in John chapter 10, which we're going to be in again today. And Jesus says, I am the gate for the sheep. And what he was saying there is, there's no other way to be saved. There's no other way to be who you were created to be other than through Jesus Christ. And then today, he's going to tell us, I am the good shepherd and so today's scripture and text kind of piggybacks off of last week's. The, the last week's was John 10, uh, verses 1 through 10. And today we're looking at, we're going to start in 10 and go through 15. So why don't you stand with me in the, for, in the honor of reading God's word. And I'm going to read verse 10 through 15. And we're going to start in kind of a weird place. We're starting at the end of last week's text but I think this sets us up to understand what, what Jesus is saying in verses 11 through 15. So let's read this together. He says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep And my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. You can have a seat. Let me just pray real quick. Father, I pray that you would speak to us and remind us today that you are a good shepherd. And I pray today, Lord, that, that, that we wouldn't fall victim to the wolf, and that we wouldn't trust in and hired hands, and people that don't care about us, but that we would put our trust in you. I pray you'd speak through your word now, in Jesus' name, amen. So we start in verse 10, it's kind of this weird place, and and I start there for a reason. Uh, It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, 
And Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So there's a reason we're starting here, and that's that I want you to hear this, that there is a thief. See, there's a couple different ways that I think we as followers of Christ can get things wrong. And, and listen, if you're here and you're not a follower of Christ, you're probably experiencing some of the same things. But, but there's ways that, that we miss this. I think sometimes we believe that once we start following Jesus, we, we may not say this, but we believe that everything's just going to work out smooth and that we don't have to worry about anything anymore and that we're not going to have to deal with temptation and we're not going to have to deal with struggle. And, and Jesus says, no, there is a thief and the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. By the way, this is Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and other people that are listening. And this is on the heels of a story where Jesus heals a blind man and then the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they can't accept it. And so they actually end up kicking the man out because he won't say that Jesus is not divine, not the good shepherd. And so, so that's the context into which Jesus is saying this. And Jesus is telling us that there is a thief. Now, last week, we talked about the thief entering um, into the sheep pen through not the gate, not through Jesus. This week, the, the picture kind of changes a little bit. And Jesus tells us, and I want us to get this today, because if you don't get this, you're going to have a lot of struggles that you don't need to have. So the first point today, two, two things that I need you to know. Um, one, one thing is this, there is a thief. There in, in this text, it says a wolf that comes and scatters. There is an enemy. And just because you're following Jesus... It does not mean that you don't have the enemy after you. In fact, I would make the point today that if you are following Jesus and doing what you're supposed to do, there's only that much more of a chance that the enemy is after you and trying to get you. Because the enemy, what does the enemy want to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. If you're not following Jesus, there's nothing to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, don't take that as me telling you not to follow Jesus, okay? Trust me, he's the good shepherd. We're going to get there. But, but Jesus says there is a thief, and the thief is coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's a thief. Remind them. And, and you probably don't need reminded, because the truth is, we all experience attacks by the enemy. The enemy is constantly working to steal, kill, and destroy you can see that, right? I mean, just in the world around us. You can see that in your own life, that there's an enemy that's attacking that wants to take away life. In fact, I mean, we, we see this in John chapter 9. Jesus heals a blind man, and you would think that would be the greatest thing, and he's now experiencing life in a different, I mean, he's just, not that he wasn't living when he was blind, but now he has life in a different way, and, and what happens with the religious leaders? They cast him out. You, I mean, have you ever felt like you're just being attacked or like the enemy's working? Imagine experiencing a miracle to that level only to be followed up by being kicked out of the church. I mean, imagine that. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So there is a thief. Turn again. Say, there's a thief. All right, now I want you to turn and say, we are sheep. You've done this before. We are sheep. There you go. We are sheep. The second thing I want you to know, there is a thief and we are sheep, okay? Jesus, Jesus doesn't say 
Jesus doesn't say, hey, when you start following me, you don't have to worry about an enemy anymore. Like, there's no enemy. The enemy's just going to buzz off and everything's going to be easy. Jesus says there is an enemy. And he's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And the other thing that Jesus doesn't say is that if you follow me, you become a roaring lion. And you can defend yourself because you're, you become so strong and you get this superhuman, like supernatural power that you can just fight off the enemy on your own. Turn to the person next to you say, we are sheep. We are sheep. Listen, you are not immune. You do not become a superhuman just because you're following Jesus. We, in our own power, are still Sheep, And so let me give you the bad news today, and then I'm going to give you the really good news. The bad news is this. Sheep are no match for wolves or thieves. You guys, how many of you have ever uh, touched a sheep? Anyone? How many of you have ever seen a sheep? How many of you think sheep sheep are uh, fearsome creatures that can defend themselves? How, How many of you think sheep are geniuses? No, they're not. Jesus says, we are like sheep. And listen, I'm not trying to insult you by saying, you know, tell each other that you're sheep. I'm not, I'm not insulting you. I'm just telling you the truth that in your own power, you don't have it. You can't defend yourself against the wolves and the thieves. If a thief comes and a sheep is by itself, what's going to happen? He's going to take it. He's going to steal, kill, and destroy You can't, you are like sheep, you can't fight on your own. On your own, you don't stand a chance. And so the first thing is, I think sometimes we're surprised when the enemy attacks. I I won't ask you to raise your hand. I'm just going to guess that almost every person in here has been attacked by the enemy in some way, either this past week, maybe this past hour, or the past weeks, that the enemy has been trying to pull you away from the good shepherd and the flock. The enemy is a thief, and he's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And on our own, we don't stand a chance. But you know, sometimes, me and all my, uh, you know, all my toughness, I'm just a sheep, right? And sometimes when the enemy comes, you know what I do? I bow up a little bit. Am I looking tough? No. Need to work out some more? You guys aren't intimidated at all. Come on. Help me out here. Like cower a little bit. You know? No, you're not because I, I'm just a sheep, right? But sometimes when the enemy comes, my, my temptation is to, I got to take this enemy on. I mean, I'm this big, brave sheep. That's just a wolf. Bah, you know? That doesn't work, does it? What happens if you put a sheep against a wolf? It doesn't go well. We on our own, we can't fight off the enemy, but so often we think, hey, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm gonna... Sometimes the lies, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and we think, I got to fight that enemy off. I got to get big. I got to get tough. And it doesn't work. And Jesus gives us a little bit of a hint of, of the enemy's strategy here. If you, uh, if you look back to verse, or up to verse 12, says, when the hired hand sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away, and then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. Now, I want to give you a little hint into how the enemy works. The enemy wants to scatter the sheep. Why? Because sheep on their own are defenseless. 
Maybe in a group they have a little bit more security, but with the good shepherd they're really secure. What the enemy wants to do is attack and scatter the sheep because once we're scattered, we're done for. The goal of the enemy is to pull us away from the good shepherd and the flock. And so maybe you've experienced this recently. Maybe you've experienced thoughts like this. The enemy's telling you, you're not good enough. You failed too many times. You don't have what it takes and nobody cares about you or loves you. I guarantee that all of us have thought that at some point, that the enemy, the thief, the wolf has been coming and has tried to convince us that we aren't good enough and nobody cares about us. That's, that's something the enemy tells me all the time. All the time. You know what? It's not the circumstances that breaks us. It's the enemy lying to us about the circumstances that draws us away, makes us doubt, and pulls us away from the good shepherd and the flock. And the enemy says, you're just not good enough. You've messed up too many times. You don't have what it takes. The enemy tells us we're losers. And the goal is to pull us away. Because the enemy knows he doesn't stand a chance as long as we're with the good shepherd. But if he can pull us away, we're done for. So the enemy, maybe the enemy's been telling you, hey, nobody cares about you. Can I just tell you today, I, I'm going to tell you this later, but i got to tell you this right now. If, if you're feeling like nobody cares about you or loves you, there's a good shepherd that loves you more than you will ever know. And and in addition to that, there are a lot of other sheep that love you more than you will ever know. And, and the enemy wants to isolate us and tell us that, that we're not good enough and that we're all alone. But the truth is we're not. We have a good shepherd. And we are a flock. Maybe another thing that the enemy's been telling you is that maybe, maybe there's something you've been struggling with. Maybe bitterness, maybe anger, maybe lust, maybe pride. One of those you know, selfishness. Maybe there's something you've been struggling with and you've, you've thought over and over again, I got, you know, you bow up and you say, I'm going to kick this. I'm going to get past this. And you keep struggling. And the enemy's telling you, you're never going to get past this. You can't do it. The enemy wants to separate you, wants to defeat you. Maybe the enemy's telling you today that it's just not worth the fight. I'm just going to guess every single one of us has experienced some of those lies and thoughts in our mind. Today, I need you to be reminded that there is a good shepherd. So we talked about the, there is an enemy. We are sheep. We are defenseless on our own against the enemy. But let me tell you the good news now. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. See, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. This is talking about those religious leaders and the, you know, the false voices. It says that they'll abandon and leave you to yourself. Then the, then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. And the man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. But I, Jesus says, am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. and My sheep know me. And just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. So, so we talked about the two truths that there is a thief and that the thief is coming to steal, kill, and destroy and that we are defenseless on our own against it. Now let me tell you the two truths of who Jesus is. Number one, he is the good shepherd that lays down his life 
he draws this parallel between the hired hand and the good shepherd. And he says the hired hand doesn't really care about you. Listen, there are a lot of influences and voices and leaders that will tell you they care about you and tell you they know what's best for you, but when push comes to shove and the enemy comes, they're out of here because they don't really care about you. Let me give you just a quick, uh, it's probably not funny story, um, a little confession. So my dad, when I was growing up, got to high school, went to this really tough school called Hume Fogg Academic Magnet School, and just this really, you know, 800 students, it was really just, I don't know, it was, it was a pretty smart school, but I went to the school, and, and we had lockers. How many of you had lockers when you were in school? All right, well, I didn't really use my locker. I would, what I would do is every day I would walk into the front hallway of the school with my basketball bag that had some books in it, and I would put it down in the middle of the hallway, and then I would go to my class, and then I would come back. See, my school, it really wasn't that tough, so I didn't really have to worry about people stealing or anything, but I did have a locker, and at one point, I decided I needed to use my locker. Well, what do you need if you have a locker? You need a lock, yeah. So I went to my dad, and I said, Dad, um, I need a lock for my locker. And my dad goes, and he gets... <laughs> I feel so bad about this still. <laughs> he goes and gets this lock, and he tells me this story about the lock. He found this lock when he was a little boy. He may have told you guys this story. Maybe some of you remember him telling you this story. He found this lock as a little boy and just found it. So, you know, what do you need if you have a lock? You need the code or a key. Well, this was one of those code ones that you like turn three way, times this way and two this way and you gotta get the right numbers and the right sequence. I mean, those things are a pain. But, but he gives me this lock and he says, I found this when I was a boy and, and a lock is pretty worthless if you don't know the code. So I sat there for hours and hours and days and days and weeks and months. I don't know if it was years. And he figured out the code <laughs> to the lock. Now, first of all, kind of nerdy, um, but man, imagine the attachment he had to this lock that he spent so many hours and days working on that he finally figured out the code, and so he brings me this lock, and he says, you can use this lock. And he, I'm sure he presented it like a, you know, here's my special lock, and you know what happened? About a month later, I, it was lost. <laughs> Why? Why was it lost? Because I didn't really care about it the way he did. And I use that just as an example to tell you that, that, that the good shepherd doesn't treat you like the hired hand. The hired hand doesn't care about you, doesn't know you. You're just another face or, or name. But, but the good shepherd, it says, knows us and loves us. So two things about the good shepherd. Uh, number one, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, see the thief is coming and we are defenseless on our own against the, the wolf or the thief. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and a good shepherd lays down his life. Listen, I wanna tell you some good news today. All that stuff that we were talking about that the enemy's been attacking you over, your failures, your shortcomings, uh, your inadequacies, all those things, the good shepherd laid down his life Listen, I want to tell you that the enemy is real. You may not see the enemy, but is real today. But I want to tell you that the good shepherd laid down his life. Jesus came to give his life on a cross so that we could have victory over sin and death. 
We, we on ourselves, we're defenseless, we're, we're done for, and the wolf and the thief are coming, but Jesus came and laid down his life so that we could have life, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be transformed, so that we could live. A good shepherd lays down his life. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to know today that Jesus, the Savior of the world, loves you so much. Don't believe the lies. He loves you so much that he came to earth and walked the earth and suffered and died on a cross so that you could have life and for forgiveness. Listen, the enemy wants to tell you that you're worthless. The enemy wants to tell you no one cares. The enemy wants to tell you that you're never going to get past that messed up part of your life. But I want to tell you that Jesus, the good shepherd, came and died, laid down his life so that we could have life. So, so the good shepherd lays down his life so that we could have victory. The second thing is it says, the good shepherd knows us and we know him. In verse 14 he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Listen to this next part, this blows my mind. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Listen, not only did Jesus come and walk the earth and die on a cross so that you could be forgiven and transformed, the good shepherd wants you to know him. He, he knows you fully. There is nobody in this world that knows you the way that Jesus knows you. He knows every failure, every time you've messed up, every thought you've had, and for us that's scary, but let me tell you, he knows you and he loves you. And he invites you to know him. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I, there's a thief coming. We are defenseless, but I've got good news. There's a good shepherd. Turn and tell someone there's a good shepherd. All right, come on. That was really terrible. Turn and tell someone there's a good shepherd. Come on. There's a good shepherd that loves you, that cares so much about you, that he laid down his life on a cross so that you could have life, so that you could be forgiven. And, and he knows you, and he invites you to know him. Jesus laid down his life for us because we are his sheep. He knows you, he loves you, and he invites you to know him more. Now let me tell you why that's important. Because the enemy is constantly attacking the enemy is constantly telling you lies. The enemy is constantly telling you, listen, if you've had something good happen in your life, there's probably something bad that's going to follow that the enemy's going to try to use to distract you and scatter you. Jesus invites us to know him, to walk with him. Last night I was up here at the church, we were playing basketball, and, and Charlie was with me, and he turned all the lights off while I was in my office and then hid and I knew it was coming, but it didn't really matter because it was dark and he jumped out and he scared me. And I jumped a little bit. I jumped a little bit. Um, but, but then after we were done, I, I kind of, I, I threatened him a little bit. I said, Charlie, that was a mistake because now it's coming back your way. 
and you better be ready. And, and so when we finished playing basketball and we got ready to go back, you know what he did? He just grabbed my arm really tight. And the entire way from the gym to the office to the car, he wasn't letting go. <laughs> now listen, I, like, that's a bad analogy because the good shepherd isn't trying to scare you or anything. But I, but I think that's a good picture for us. I want you to know that not only did Jesus come and lay down his life on a cross so that you could be forgiven and have life, but Jesus invites us to know him and walk with him. And today I know the enemy's been lying to you. You know how I know? Because the enemy's been lying to me. The enemy tells me things that are lies all the time. You're not good enough. Listen, my dad was the last pastor of this church. He's an incredible guy. How many of you know my dad? He was a good guy. Nod your head if you know my dad was a really sweet man. You know what? Sometimes I wonder what happened to me. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I'm so far from that tree. And the enemy tells me, you're not good enough. You've blown it too many times. It's all going to fall apart. And the good shepherd invites me to know him and walk with him. And so when the enemy's telling you lies, what do you need to do? You need to know the good shepherd. Because when you're walking with him, there's nothing to fear. We're defenseless without him. When we know him, when we walk with him, we're okay. So the worship team's going to come up. We're going to sing a couple songs. And here's the deal. I just know that, uh, I know that the wolves are circling I know the enemy's been lying to you. I know that there are things in your life, maybe there's, maybe there's some anger, some bitterness, some lust, some, some pride, some selfishness. Maybe there's something in your life and the enemy's telling you that you're never going to get over that. Maybe the enemy's telling you that you're worthless and the wolves are there and they're, they want to pull you away. Today I want you to know the good shepherd I want you, I want to tell you, he's here with us. He loves us, loves you so much that he gave his life on a cross so that you could be forgiven and have life. And he invites you to know him. Get this, the way he knows the Father, that's incredible. We're invited to that. So today I want us to respond to God's word. And I know the enemy's been attacking and I know there's probably a few people in here that are just overwhelmed and it feels like stuff is caving in all around you. But I want you to know there's a good shepherd and he invites you today to know him and walk with him and have the security and the peace and the life that he has for you. So I want to invite you just to spend some time as we sing this next song, Jesus Paid It All to be reminded of the the links that Jesus went to, the good shepherd went to, to free you and give you life. And maybe there's some stuff today that you've just been carrying around that's just too heavy. Maybe you've just been lied to recently, and today I want to invite you to just know the good shepherd. He's here, his arm is right here, and he's asking you, grab onto it. I got you. So we're going to sing this song, and I want to invite you to respond. There's three prayer stations, one on each side and one on the back, and there's some instructions. They talk about us, him being the good shepherd and us being his sheep. There's some scriptures. I want to invite you, if you want to get up, you can walk over, and that can be a way that you respond. 
spend some time in prayers, spend some time looking at the scriptures. Maybe there's just something today. Maybe you've been told some lies and you're feeling the weight of that. Maybe you're feeling the weight of failure and frustration and whatever it is. I want to invite you to pray. If you want to come to an altar, the altars are open and the good shepherd is here and wants to give you his peace and his life today. Father, pray that we would respond to you. I pray that amidst all the lies and confusion and all the stuff going on around us, Lord, I know there's stuff in each of our lives that, that we get frustrated by and maybe we're surprised by, but Lord, you're not. And, and even though we're sheep and we're pretty much defenseless on our own, Lord, you have our backs. So Lord, today I pray that you would work in our hearts and if there's anyone in here that needs to surrender something, I pray we wouldn't hold it back, but that we would bring it to you. And I pray, Lord, that you would remind us that you're our good shepherd. Lord, help us to know you today. In Jesus' name, amen.